Welcome back to Sports Legends of the Carolinas, and thank you for subscribing. I'm your host, Scott Fowler, and on this podcast, we speak with some of my favorite sports icons from the region I've covered for almost 30 years. With us today, I'm thrilled to have Charlotte Smith, who's about to enter her 12th year as Elon's women's basketball coach and is already the all-time winningest coach at the school. Even when you think about eras in our nation where there was segregation, where there was the Jim Crow laws, sports was a way of bringing people together from all backgrounds. We can't take those opportunities for granted because they weren't always there. Thanks again for supporting this work. Here's the rest of our conversation. You mentioned Title IX. Did, do you think that had much of an effect on your own career and life and coaching career as well? Most definitely, because it opened the doors for opportunities. You know, when I think about my grandmother, she talked about, you know, playing basketball and how they played during the era where there were only three on one side of the court and three on the other side of the court. Mm -hmm. But then after high school, no other opportunities, you know, to play at the collegiate level, no scholarships to play at the collegiate level. So I'm grateful for all the great pioneers that have paved the way for me to not only be able to play the game I love at the high school level, but at the highest level, you know, to represent USA, my country. Mm-hmm. What a great honor uh, to be able to play professionally here on American soil. What a great honor. So I salute those um, and I say thank you to those who paved the way. Did you ever experience uh, in your own career, and you were playing in the 90s and 2000s, so a little bit later than some of the pioneers that you're mentioning, but uh, any instances of uh, racism or prejudice or, and, and maybe not even just black-white, also male-female, that sort of thing? Never experienced, um, and I'm grateful for that, any racism or prejudices. You know, of course, there's always, when it comes to male versus female, you know, the, the whole equity issue and trying to make sure that the women uh, get what they deserve in terms of um, resources. You know, at the end of the day, we just need the resources to be successful, resources to showcase our brand of basketball. But just in terms of racism, never experienced it. And, and that's been the beauty of sports even when you think about eras in our nation where there was segregation, where there was the Jim Crow laws, sports was a way of bringing people together from all backgrounds. And oftentimes we forget about that. And so I try to be really intentional about this generation because sometimes they take for granted um, the opportunities that we are afforded as women and the opportunities that we are afforded as African-American women. We can't take those opportunities for granted because they weren't always there. And that's why we have to educate our young women on the past, the struggles. We can't ever forget the past. We can't ever forget the struggles because then we take our present gifts for granted. Mm Speaking of African-American female coaches, there are still not too many in Division One. Dawn Staley, after one of her national championships, sent a piece of the net, right? I just thought about sharing it with other uh, black coaches on the Division One level because I know the struggle. I, I thought it was uh, 
I thought it was a great connection piece um, for 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 black coaches. Did you get that mailing? And if so, what did that mean or symbolize to you? Yeah. Uh, so yes, I did get a piece of the net from Dawn Staley's national championship. And I know as a coach for myself, it has always been my dream, even at this level, because I'm a I'm a big dreamer. I dream big. You know, I've watched movies like Mighty Max, where the little small Macalotta College went on to win the national championship. So that's always been in the forefront of my mind is winning a national championship. And so it really means a lot to me because I've seen the work that Don has put in from the grassroots level, even at the collegiate level, because I played against her right. my oh, freshman right. year yeah. when she was at Virginia. So to see everything that she's accomplished um, as a coach and she did it her way. I love the way that she did it, you know, because she didn't get an opportunity to go back to her alma mater at Virginia, but she carved her niche at South Carolina and she's made her mark in a tremendous way. Mm -hmm. um, and she started out at the mid-major level at Temple. And one of the things she talked about in being able to start out at that level was being able to learn at that level, make mistakes and grow from those mistakes for the preparation at that next level. So it's amazing to see what she's accomplished, not only as a coach, um, but as a mentor um, to all of the coaches at the NCAA level. She's, she's blazing a trail that's just unbelievable. Speaking of movies, uh, tell me about a movie called Joanna Man and your role in that. Joanna Man, we love you, Joanna Man. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines from the movie. <laughs> Jamal Jeffries was living a dream until it turned into a nightmare. Nobody wants you, not even the Clippers. And if he wants to play ball again, he's got only one option, to play as a woman. I'm here. Mm. Uh, man, when I, when I was told that I had a role in Joanna Man, I was super excited because I've always loved acting. Mm. Um, and so my role was to be a basketball player, which was pretty easy to do. <laughs> not much of a stretch. Uh, not yeah. much of a stretch. You know, I need more roles that'll yeah. stretch so I can show my versatility. <laughs> um, but I, you know, one of the things that stood out to me was the part where they needed someone to take a charge. And I've always been willing to put my body on the line. Nobody wanted to take a charge. So I said, I'll do it. And so we had to do that take maybe about five times where I had to let, oh. you know, them run over me. But mm -hmm. it was worth it. Who ran over you? Was it? I don't I don't remember. The I scene. don't know the yeah. young lady's name. It's, it's, a, just, it's a, the very first. I think maybe the very first game in Joanna Man or maybe the second game. Okay. But the young lady ends up maybe breaking her ankle or spraining her ankle when she's out. Oh, I got you. For the remainder of the season. And then I'm in the scene where Joanna Man is running to dunk. And he's going to shatter the backboard. And they said, guys, when we shatter this backboard, we only have one take for this one because we can't shatter the backboard again. So we have to make it good. <laughs> so I'm in the background running behind Joanna man trying to catch him before he dunks. And of course, I get posterized. I'm in the poster. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really fun. It was really fun to be able to make a movie, be on set with Vivica Fox. Yeah. Um, you know, during the takes, they had a Where lot of great food. 
It was filmed at the Charlotte Coliseum, oh, right. which unfortunately isn't there anymore. They right. tore down the Charlotte Coliseum. Yes, they did. What do you think about that? It, only, it was only 19 years old once it was, and it was. I was saddened was because done. there's so many great memories of the Charlotte Coliseum and just the access of being able to get there versus downtown. Um, there was a lot of easy access to get there. Um, so I guess I have to relive all of those memories through going back and watching Joanna Man because that's probably <laughs> the only time I'll get to see the Charlotte Coliseum and the practice facility that was down yeah, in Fort Mill, South Carolina. So you were on the Sting at the time it was being filmed, right? Is that, yes. And yeah. So did some other Sting players, were, were you the only one or were um, there Tracy some of your Reed teammates was on also Oh, Tracy um, Reed, part right. of it. Another UNC yeah. player, right? Charlotte, I asked this of most of our uh, interview subjects, and it usually gets a interesting response, and that is, if you look back at yourself right now at, say, if you were able to look at the 23-year-old Charlotte Smith, let's say, what advice would you give her? 23. Wow. What an interesting number. So 23. When I was 23 years old, I was just being drafted by the ABL. I remember being nervous, um, thinking about will I land an opportunity to play professionally? And I remember talking to my mom, um, and she said, you know what, if you believe it, you can have it. And I remember my phone ringing, and it was the Colorado explosion calling me, telling me that I had been the first actual pick in the draft because the Olympians had been pre-assigned. Okay. Uh -huh. And so my family and I, we packed up to move out to Colorado. We drove all the way from North Carolina to Colorado. And my mom started to feel a little sick um, when we got out to Colorado. We thought it was heartburn, and um, she ended up being hospitalized, and I lost my mom at the beginning of the ABL season. Oh, no. And that was tough. Um and I went through a dark season in my life. And I questioned my faith, questioned God. Like, you know, I was really angry because I lost my mom at a point to where I thought about like all of those childhood memories of being able to buy my mom and dad a house. You know, because it's like when you come from not a lot of resources and you're trying to figure out how to make ends meet and they're working so hard, you know, when you get that opportunity to be a professional athlete, which we weren't making a lot of money, but, you know, it was an opportunity to do some of the things I've always wished and envisioned for my family. I felt like all of those dreams, hopes and dreams were dashed in that moment. Um, so looking back at my 23-year-old self and going through my first year professionally, I had a good season. You know, I was the second leading scorer and rebounder on the team. And we won the Western Conference Championship. I pushed my way through a whole lot of grief. Um, if I were to go back to my 23-year-old self, I tell myself, uh, seek counseling and to seek help. Because I think a lot of times we try to do things in our own strength and we don't realize the scars and the wounds that we carry in life that affect us in so many ways. And I think there's a stigma when it comes to seeking counseling and to seeking help especially in the African-American community uh, where faith is really big and where you have to rely on your faith and your faith solely a lot of times. But, you know, you can have Jesus and counseling, you right. know, so just um, 
realize that it's okay to say I'm not okay and it's okay to ask for help and that you don't have to struggle alone. Because I think a lot of times we feel like the situations that we go through in life that we're the only ones in it and we're the only ones that gone that have gone through it. But that's so far from the truth. Mm. Um, so counseling, yeah. you know, for whatever it is you need in life, whatever struggles you're going through in life, seek help. That's a very mature way to look at it. And I'm sure at 23, very hard to, to do it. Even in the athletic community in general, I think there's still some stigma sometimes, right? I mean, and the more people who will say, seek help or admit, I, I, I had therapy and it really helped me, you know, it's, the more the better. Tell me about uh, Elon as a as a job, as a love, a passion. You've been here a long time now. Oh, this will be your 12th year. So how has this program grown and what do you aspire for it? Yeah. Wow. Well, Elon. Elon came after many no's. Mm. And so in this profession, you have to be prepared for the no's. And the no's are not necessarily rejection, it's redirection. And um, sometimes, you know, those no's, you can take them to heart, but you have to realize that what is for you is for you. And timing is everything and the right situation is everything. And in hindsight, I realized that this was the best situation for me. And I couldn't really understand a lot of those no's at the time. Because I'm thinking, you know, here I am, Charlotte Smith, the legend in my mind. You know, I've played at the highest level. Right. I've coached at a nationally competitive um, university. I couldn't understand the nose. Um, but I'm thankful for the nose because it positioned me to be in my blessed place. And that's here at Elon. I knew when I became a head coach that I wanted to be somewhere where people really embraced and understood what it meant to be a student athlete, where it embodied the holistic approach of what it means to be a student athlete. Because at the end of the day, like really how many people will go pro? Right. You know, I keep a flat basketball to remind my players that that ball will eventually stop bouncing. Hmm. And so for me, I wanted to be somewhere where I really had something to offer other than just being able to play on this court. Um, what are we doing to position them for life after sport? You know, it's easy to say that we graduate players. A lot of people can say 100% graduation. I can even say that. But it's not just enough to hand them a diploma. It's like, what are we doing? Are we doing internships? Are we doing the research? Are we doing community service, study abroad? You know, there's a lot of things here that was just like, wow, Elon is doing it right, and they're really preparing student athletes for life after college. So that was really important to me. What was also important to me is just me being able to be who I am. Um, my faith is very important to me. And so me just being able to be authentic, authentically who I am was important. Um, and just being up for the challenge, that was really cool too, because Elon had never won a Division One championship. And I've always been up for a challenge. Um, and, you know, I think about my Carolina days, you know, we had never won a national championship. And so I know what it looks like to build. And so I was ready to roll up my sleeves and build a Division One championship program. And we were able to do that um, and do it the right way, do it with integrity, uh, do it with character, 
And so we were able to win back-to-back championships in 17 and 18. And um, so I'm just proud of what we've built here. Is your aspiration to coach at a high major program or what, 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 what kind of, you're, you're a, a young woman in this profession, really, when you look at your age versus a lot of people. So what, what do you see, foresee in your future? Yeah. Well, a lot of people question why even Elon, because they felt like, you know, you're at Carolina, you could stay and wait and go to a high major. For me, it's never really been about the level. It's been about where do I feel like God is calling me? Where do I feel like he's leading me? Um, because ultimately I want to be where he wants me to be. And when I think about my greater purpose, and that's to develop young women for a lifetime of success, my greater purpose is to build God's kingdom. I can do that anywhere at any level. So it really doesn't matter to me. I want to ask you about your greatest regret as uh, either in your personal life or in your coaching career or playing career and your greatest joy? Well, my greatest regret um, is in my playing career in the WNBA, but it involved like my personal life and my professional life. And I think a lot of times when we're dealing with the weight of life, um, we sometimes can make decisions when we're not in a good place emotionally. And so when you think about like the beginning of my professional career, in 96, I lost my mom. And then in 2006, 10 years later, I lost my dad. So in that moment, I'm going through divorce. I'm dealing with the death of my dad. And I'm feeling like I don't want to play anymore. And sometimes in life, we can make a temporary decision that has permanent consequences. A permanent decision based off of maybe a temporary situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was hurting. Yeah. And a lot of my passion was gone for the game in that moment. So I decided to retire. And in looking back, I wish I would have just taken just a mental hiatus, maybe a year away from the WNBA, just to find my footing Um, to deal with having gone through divorce, to deal with having lost my father. That's a lot, you know, to deal with divorce, death, and also the death of your career. So it was a lot, and I wish I would not have retired at that point and maybe just taken a sabbatical just to get my emotional health back in Mm -hmm. the right place. Mm -hmm. Because I love to play. Mm. You know, I still get out there every now and then. And it's like when it comes to your playing career, you only have so much of a lifespan to be able to play. It's true. Yeah. So that would probably be my biggest regret. Okay. Um, my greatest joy, wow, there's so <laughs> many. Um, just seeing my players when they graduate and seeing them excel and then seeing the light go off when they finally realize all the things that we were trying to teach them about life. That's my greatest joy is when that light bulb goes off and they finally get it. Mm-hmm. And when I see them thriving mm-hmm. outside of Elon. You've gotten had a bunch of them now, I guess 10 or 11 years of graduates. So you've got you've probably got people coming back to campus in their 30s and stuff, right? Yeah. And former and players. Babies. And children and, <laughs> and all that stuff. You know, I've yeah. seen weddings and all of that good stuff. Oh, that's nice. 
Well, this is wonderful. This again is Charlotte Smith. I'm Scott Fowler. This is Sports Legends of the Carolinas. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again for subscribing and supporting local journalism. Next. Hi, I'm Roy Williams, and I'll be the next guest on Sports Legends of the Carolinas. I'm Scott Fowler, and this is Sports Legends of the Carolinas. This show is produced by Jeff Siner and Kata Stevens, and the director of audio at McClatchy is Davin Coburn. For lots more content and to continue supporting this kind of work, please visit charlotteobserver.com slash sportslegends and consider a digital subscription. Connect with me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fowler or by email at sfowler at charlotteobserver.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please share with a friend. See you next week.